Hi, I'm Tony Red, and welcome to The Red Room, the next edition of Unsung Musicians Behind the Headline Legends. Today, I have a very special guest with an extensive career in the music industry, and he is still going strong. He has worked behind the scenes with scores of platinum Grammy award-winning artists as a musical director, a musician, producer, songwriter, arranger, and programmer. This multi-talented instrumentalist is featured on a number of nationally released major and independent label projects. He's recorded with Jamie Foxx, Lionel Richie, Eddie and Gerald Levert, Usher, Andre Crouch, New Edition. The list goes on and on. But without further ado, the great Wizard Jones. Hello. Hey, Wizard. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I cannot complain. Not going to complain. Everything is wonderful. That's so good to hear. First of all, I know how busy you are. And I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy life and schedule to do an interview with me. I am honored to have you on my podcast. Uh, please, I'm honored that you asked me. Why would I ask you? Whew. Man, let me tell you something. I have been reading over your bio and resume and all, you know everything, your musical journey. It's like it reads like a who's who of the R&B, soul, and pop world. It's incredible. Well, well, thank you. Thank you so much. It means a lot coming from somebody, you know, that you admire and respect. So um, many thanks. I really do appreciate it. Well, you don't owe me any thanks, man. I'm just, I'm just, you know, wowed by, you know, uh, first of all, I, you know, what make me really respect you, not that I've never respected you, but, man, I mean, your grind and your hustle and your perseverance it's just impeccable. And you are the reason why a lot of these main artists have such a great production behind them. And I'm just so blown away. I mean, you've been in the game a long time. And Don't talk about it. Yeah, you know, I'm serious. You've taken me down uh, memory lane, man. You didn't play. You were the musical director for Midnight Star. No parking, baby. Alexander O'Neill, Shanice, Glenn Jones, SOS Band, Sherelle, Goody Mob, Silk, Holland, you know, Place Mobsters featuring Dallas Austin, TLC. But then, you know, here you come again with the musical director for Justin Bieber. And, I mean, you know, you're still in the game. You're just strong. you just, it's awesome. Uh, that's God's work. Thank you. Yeah, it is God's work. And, you know, he's given you, I can tell, such a, you know, gracious and humble spirit. Because, you know, uh, Wizard, I used to hear your name all the time, you know, when I was, you know, I'm serious, back in the day, Wizard, Wizard, Wizard. And I was like, oh, damn, man, this Wizard guy, he must be a beast, you know. And so when I finally met you, and you were just so humble and mild-mannered and, like, unassuming, I'm like, that's him? <laughs> I was like, wow, that's awesome. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, I mean, uh, well, you know, at the time I'd heard so much about you, and you're right, we had never met. So that was not weird, but I'm like, okay, Tony Red. I worked with the sister, and I'm like, okay, still no Tony Red. <laughs> who is this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now, how does it feel, Wizard, since you didn't MD, like I said, I mean, the freaking 
almost entire R&B world. Um, how does it feel? And also, uh, may I say, uh, made you know, played arrangements and uh, did all that good stuff, recorded on the platinum selling records. How does it feel when you turn on the radio and you hear a song that you've done the you know keyboards and keyboard arrangements and produced, you know, and it's like platinum selling record and it's still on the radio. How does that make you feel? It actually makes me feel uh, really good, but you know anybody in this business already knows that that becomes nerve wracking because you spend hours and hours on this song, and after it's finished, you'd be like, you know what? I do not. I repeat, do not want to hear the song again. But it's just over and over. And then when you have to go on television to perform that particular song with an artist for promotion, so you're in there for at least a week in rehearsals on the same song for eight hours. (laughs) And it's like, okay, uh, so after all of that, then you pick up a tour, and then for three months or more, you're playing the same song again. <laughs> well, now just break it down like that. I mean, I can I can understand, but hey, you know, after all of that, you should be able to play it in your sleep anyway. You know what? And that's what it's all done for. We do it till we can't get it wrong, not till we get it right. I like and, uh, that. I like that. And a okay. lot of a, a lot of musicians, uh, you know, don't realize that until they. You know, we finally worked together. Said, "No, we gonna let's run this again." And like I said, when you get sick of hearing it over and over and over and over again, then I'm gonna go. Okay. Uh, I mean, every time I come on the radio, I want you to literally run to the bathroom and throw up. <laughs> Not just kidding, but that—that's what we're getting to. Is, is that you want to really work till you can't get it wrong. Um, even in the studio, when you're doing that t- type of stuff, mm-hmm. you just keep working it until you feel it's good enough to to represent who and what you are. Right. Wow. Because that's that track. If it, you know, if you produce that track, it lives forever. Mm-hmm. That's true. It never goes nowhere. It never goes but, away. But you're an artist. You understand it. That's I your legacy. Yeah, I get it. Okay, so now you are. You know, you wear many hats. When people see you on the stage, you're not just the, you know, the key, main keyboard man. You're also, you know, the programmer of all the music. You're the MD, which a lot of people, I, when I say MD, I tell people, say, what is that? What's that? It's musical director. Okay, so you're a keyboard player, the musical director, the music, you know, programmer. You have to make sure everything is running smoothly. Does it, is it, is it ever like, you feel like, like damn, this is too much? Uh, as I get older, yeah. Okay. And, uh, but it's still a natural thing for me. I've been doing it all my life. So mm-hmm. it's not bad, but after a while, you start to think about, okay, what else is there to do? I've been doing this for X amount of years. i got to find something else to, to kind of keep me occupied. Uh, mm-hmm. Or um, divert my interest somewhere else. But wouldn't trade it for the world. I'm just saying. Right. Uh, I'll be mm-hmm. years old in September. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, okay, most of my life has been dedicated to playing music. That's a beautiful thing. What a blessing. Uh, it's, it, it really has been. 
thank God for my dad and my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, they just gave me a way. That's all it was. They gave me a way. They knew that's what I really wanted to do, and they stood behind me. Well, that's awesome. You had a great team. Your mother and father did a great job. Okay, now, being the MD on almost every show that you do, <laughs> do you have a say-so in, like, the hiring of, the, of like, those big gigs? And what kind of pressure is that? Um, you know, uh, that's, that's a good question because I don't look at it as pressure. Okay. Look at it as, you know, uh, we, you know, we got to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. If this is what you say you do, then then show me. It's, it's nothing, no different. If I don't look at myself above anyone else, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. I got two arms, two legs, two eyes. You got two arms, two legs, two eyes, two ears. <laughs> it doesn't make us any different. Right. Uh, so if I can do it, don't don't make an excuse. We're going to run this till we get it right. Right. Okay. And uh, that's just the way I looked at it with anybody that came up under my wings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you do have a say-so in hiring of some of these musicians. Oh, yes. Okay, Absolutely. so because you have that title and that role, do you feel, I mean, okay, just be honest. Has it ever been a time when you felt like people were trying to, you know, cater to you because they were hoping that you might they might get that call from the great Russell Jones, tell the truth? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I get that. How does does one handle that? (laughs) Um, Honesty. With honesty. And it it gets to the point where it's, look, uh, I have several people that's lobbying for gigs now. Right. And all I can do is tell you that I have nothing. If you call me and reach me at my home, put it this way, if you call me and reach me at home, that means I'm not working. I mean, I don't have a gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can't give you something I don't have. Right. And uh, a lot of people, I've built my reputation on people trusting mm-hmm. uh, what I put together for them. I had the same thing. I had that happen to me with uh, Sheila E. Oh, um, she called and I hung up on her. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought somebody was clowning me. What? Oh, I was going to say, you hung up on Sheila. Not intentionally. Wouldn't do that. She has definitely, for many, many of years, been one of my favorite percussionists. Yeah. But she called. We had just finished the TLC tour. Mm-hmm. She called me, and uh, I hung up. She called back. I hung up because I was in the middle of a session. And I was getting a little heated because, look, I don't have time to play. Somebody's, you know, somebody's paying me to, you know, work on their record. And um, the person called me back. He said, uh, man, what you, uh, you know, she he's trying to reach you. Why you hang up on her? What? I, like, you gotta, I said, you got to be kidding me. That was really she He said, yeah. Uh, Chucky Booker told her about you. And I'm like, oh, you know, now I got to figure out, I got to call her back, try to save this. Oh <laughs> we laughed about it, but it was based upon uh, Chucky's re- recommendation. He called, said, this is the cat you want to cut this record with you. Wow. 
What an endorsement. I said, what do I need to do? She said, what do I need to do uh, to, to make this happen? She said, uh, no, you're in there. If Chucky said you're all right, you're all right. Wow. So you, when you when people do that and they believe in what you're doing, uh, with that kind of uh, uh, confidence, mm-hmm. that makes you feel real good. That's awesome. And so that's what it's been. So when you put together something for people that trust your judgment, eh, you're going to have to really bring it. So in other words, I said all of that to say, uh, to make a long story uh, longer. So I said this. Uh, I'm very honest when I, I mean, I had several people come to me, when you're going to give me a shot, um, when you're going to give me a shot. Wow. And I'll let them know, look, I think that you need a little bit more. You need to put this uh, to use just a little bit more before I can call you in. Wow. And the reason being is that um, I can't have you out here. Uh, I guess uh, I can't break you in on this caliber of gig. Exactly. I got to be sure that you can handle it. Right. Uh, when I did the Soul Train Awards, it was the same thing. You're going to have to be sure. Right. Those people that are hired, I know they could handle it. Mm-hmm. So um, they do the job. Everybody gets paid. Everybody goes home. Right. Okay. Now, who was that you told that they, that they could handle it? Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. You know you're not because you're going to call me right back. <laughs> you know I'm going to call you right back. I need to know that. Just kidding. Okay. Um, all right, now, since, you know, like I said, you just play with every lottie dottie and everybody. Have you ever had, okay, say you okay, say you got a great musician over here, you know he's a bomb-o.com, but then you have another great musician over here that's killing the game, but you need both of them on this gig, but they can't stand each other. Have you ever had that situation? And if you have, how in the heck did you resolve that conflict? I kind of had that situation at one point. Uh, you handle it by, you know, you sit them both down. Honestly, can you can you do this without the animosity against one another? Wow. And be honest. If you can't, let me know. Then we don't have to go any further. But uh, all all I have to do is see it once, and I'll resolve it for you because I'll have to get rid of both of you. Because <laughs> it's not it's not my gig. I'm an ambassador to whoever hired me to do this. Right. And then for and for an hour and a half, an hour to an hour and a half, or what, however long your show is, mm-hmm. if you can't put that aside and go make your money to feed yourself and your family, then you don't need to be near me no how. Wow. You got that right. Because that means you're childish and petty and you don't need to be on the stage. <laughs> or, or if, say, if I was uh, 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 Verizon and those two people look for eight hours, I don't care about your personal life. They want you to come in and do the job that they hired you for. Mm-hmm. If you work at the gas station, Walmart, it doesn't matter. Right. Your, that kind of stuff just does not work enough workplace and you've ever heard of that before normally they get rid of both parties wow 
I can, I can go get a guy that can just do the part and just humble enough to be there, mm-hmm. and you'll work. Yes. It's not about me. It's those songs, that artist, yes. that those people come and see my name's not on the marquee, nor is yours. Mm-hmm. It, people don't know who we are as sidemen. If I played for Tony Red, they didn't come to see what's it. They didn't see Tony Red. Mm-hmm. My name don't sell no more tickets. Don't put no more Reds in the seat. They know they come to see their favorite artist, Tony Red. And obviously, she's really good. So she's got to have good musicians with her. Right. So that's what I want to give them. Wow. If I want to get paid. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like living indoors. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> I know that's a little oh overrated goodness. for some of y'all. Oh but, you know. I love it. <laughs> okay, tell me about your time with Justin Bieber. I mean, he was, he's one of the biggest pop acts in the world. And how did you get that gig? And how did you go about hiring all the great players? Because I saw y'all lots of times, well, never in person, but on, you know, TV concerts and all that good stuff. And the band was always smoking. How did you? Well, okay. Yeah. Well, you question. know what, how that came about? Yeah. Uh, was that year, it was real weird. I got, and, you know, I'm not going to sling any mud because I, I don't really need to, but right. this uh, this particular incident happened and things weren't looking very well in my life, but being a firm believer in God, I just said, you know what? God got it. Sure uh, and, uh, and, and let me tell you, it turned out to be great. Um, I was in the midst of losing my home oh. every day uh, because of the, the way the situation went down. But anyway, oh. well, I yeah. opened my laptop and uh, said, uh, you got it. Because you ain't done nothing wrong yet. You haven't let me down, so I'm going to stop worrying uh, and let you do what you do. I opened my laptop to Facebook, started looking for some work. And I get a message from an old friend. Uh, and he says, yeah, well, you know, they're bringing the uh, Soul Train Awards to town, to Atlanta. I said, oh, that's great. Uh, and they want to use the whole band out of Atlanta. I said, well, cool. You got access to my Rolodex to get whoever I can help you with. He said, well, you know, uh, right now they're just trying to put in a music director. Wow. I said, well, I know a clinic cast that can handle the job. Um, and he, he said, well, you know, they got three people in mind. They got uh, uh, Phil Davis. Uh, I said, great. He's worked with everybody. I love Rochelle Pharrell, oh, yeah. uh, George Duke, oh, Prince. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you know, Phil, I've just been a, a, a fan of Phil's for, since I moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So... Well, you know, this, this, we, we still talk. And he said, well, uh, and they want Grip, uh, Grip, my cousin. Mm-hmm. I said, well, he's been Keith Sweat's music director for years. And um, he would be great. He's disciplined. He, you know, he's going he gonna to make sure he delivers. He said, and they talk about you. He said, well, you know, I'm fine either way. Whoever you want to go with, if you need me to play or you don't, that's fine. He said, no, 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 no. They've already made the decision. They want you. Woo! <laughs> so I'm like, whoa. That's awesome. That was nerve-wracking. 
I love uh, those kind of stories. So I hired the band, everybody's Atlanta musician. I said the only only thing is we got we want uh Lil John on drums. Um, I said, Okay, well, I called Lil John, they'd already talked to him. And like, if you're gonna give me a musician, that's who you give me. Okay. <laughs> you give me a little John, I can take that. All right. Uh, oh, a Melly Baldwin. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Melly, my boy, I'm gonna yes. drag him everywhere I can. Okay. He's my boy. Too. So, <laughs> we, uh, we, we're, uh, I'm going through putting the band together. I called Trey Gilbert. He said, I am there. I love Trey. Um, I called, uh, I need a guitar player that understands this era of music. They told me the tributes that we were doing. It was Charlie Wilson and Shaka Khan. So I really needed somebody with me right. that knew what that music was. It was very important that we cover that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I hired Tommy Martin. Ooh, I love Tommy, too. <laughs> you know, me and Tommy had a band together that started uh, on this level with TLC. Mm-hmm. So, man, so Tommy been locked in at the hip for many years. Mm-hmm. So I know I couldn't go wrong with him. But anyway, mm-hmm. we're going, we're moving forward. We do the show. We take the show. We have so much fun. It comes across as one of the largest viewing audiences for Soul Train Awards in the history of the show. Woo! Breaking records. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, I said, Tommy, they've asked me to do this for the next three years. Uh, I would like to use you. Every time I have to come back and do this, he said, man, you don't have to look no further. I'm here whether you was going to call me or not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, that's what I love about it. I that's, know. Uh, He's so down to earth and humble. So he said, man, I got something that I want you to do with me. Asked me to put together a band for Justin Bieber. I'm like, I don't know who that is. He said, oh, man, he's all over the Internet, man. You better check him out. And he said, um, Scooter, Justin's manager, says he, you know him. I'm like, I know one Scooter. That's a guy I played with uh, with uh, Joy Enriquez many years ago for the face on Jay Leno. Mm-hmm. He said, no, that's the white guy. I said, no, this brother was quite dark. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we're going on. And uh, what's coming to show up? He said, the guy that was the, uh, oh, no, 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 what do you call it, uh, tour director, was from Pittsburgh, my hometown. So there was a connection already. All right, this is going really, really great. Um, I get there, I thought I was auditioning. He said, no, no, you had to get it when we called you. Wow. That's awesome. All right, well, uh, okay. Good things, and we just picking up. But I researched it. This kid got millions of uh, followers. It's on YouTube. It, it was unreal. I've never seen anything like that. Phenomenal. And the crazy, here is another crazy point on that. When I had been in the studio with Tricky Stewart, uh, I guess a little, a few months prior, he called me in to do a session for Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I go in, he's not quite ready yet. He's in the back finishing up a track. He, you know, I can go on and back. Uh, man, Tricky been down for a few years. Um, 
I said, man, that's pretty dope. I can't make out the voice. I said, but that's a smash. But you're working on maybe not here in the States because it was kind of like a a dance tune. Mm-hmm. I said, but this song is a, a bona fide hit because you already think you know the voice. Right. Which I found out later. I, I did, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And that song happened to have been for Lionel Richie. Ooh. So he pulls it up. Play what you hear. All right. Well, let's see what a mess I can make. <laughs> he said, you ain't going to make no mess. I said, you got anything else while we're getting set up? He said, yeah, I'm working on this kid out of Canada um, that I've been contracted to do. I said, all right, well, he said, I'm going to pull it up. If you hear anything, put it down. I'll listen to it later. And uh, he pulled it up. I played what I thought I would be cool. And come to find out later on, after getting the Bieber gig, uh, the song was Baby. Wow. That's amazing. And I'm like, okay, this thing is uh, kind of flipping around pretty cool. And yeah. I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. I'm singing the song, hadn't realized it's actually me playing. Yeah. And I'm like, what in the- <laughs> I'm like, why do I know this record? Because I'm you're just- playing on it. <laughs> Sure enough, oh, I was. That is and that's so like, awesome. it just, things just kept falling into place. Yeah. Um, they told Justin about me, and he was like, he said, I hear that you're the man oh. that's worked with everybody. Uh, I said, well, yeah, I have worked with pretty much everybody. Yep. And like I said, at the time, I didn't know that Usher had anything to do with this. Oh, yeah, didn't he discover him on YouTube or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, so I said, yeah, I, he said, I, Usher says you toured with him. I said, yeah, I was his music director for a couple of tours. He said, oh, I feel so blessed to have, because I don't know anything about this, to have you kind of guys in here doing that with me. At least he knew that much. <laughs> oh, they they made sure he knew it. And, uh, you know, this, at the end of the day, the ensemble of cats that wound up doing that gig with us. Um, we wound up doing two tours with him. Yes, awesome. You don't, you know, you got to be doing something right in the order for these cats to kind of trust you. Yeah. And that's what we went and got. We went and got the guys we could trust. Exactly. All about trust. And, and knowing that this guy can yeah. deliver. Yeah. That's the that's whole right. game of Name the game. Uh, I don't want to come to you. If you call me for a show, I can't come to you and uh, uh, not know your material. And you're going to look at me like, I'm going to have to holler at you, bro. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Trust me, and I will do that. Oh, Lord. Especially now. No, and I, and I understand that. <laughs> yeah, Cats yeah. got to understand that's not being, being disrespectful right. uh, on your end. Right. Uh, that's on, you know, the individual's end because you didn't respect it enough to learn the material. Exactly. You learned around the material. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys that do that, too. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Sure. Say that you're on a tour with our Justin Bieber and the, the okay, for whatever crazy reason, the audience is just tired. 
you need to energize them. You're the MD. Have you ever had to suggest a song or switch up a song or everything on track? You know, like everything, like uh, backgrounds and all this stuff. A lot of stuff is on track. You can't do that. But have you ever had to gently and, you know, very sensitively say, for the next performance, I don't know, I don't think that song is working. Have you ever had to do that to a major artist? Um, I've made those suggestions. Doesn't mean I have to, uh, you know, they have to take them. Did, 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 did it go over well? How did that go over? Most of the time, if you come at them respectfully, they listen. Okay. And if they tell you, uh, I know I'm not feeling that idea, I'll say, well, all right, let's keep it moving. Okay. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, is their show. That's how you want to do it. But most artists already know mm-hmm. that they're going to have to change up. So we've done that with Justin. Uh, he's taking songs out of the show. I'm not liking this at all. But normally they do it. I don't. I don't have to do that. Right. Uh, my thing is, if you want to do that song, that's your song. Do it. Right. I don't care if I like it or not. I'm not there to like your songs. I'm there to perform your songs. Yes, that's true. The best that I can, so that they go over, and people, you know, will go and buy that record or that that album with that record on it. Mm-hmm. I don't have no say so. So. That's a good thing about that. Uh, that's professionalism, I think. Right. You're going to do your job. Right. Okay. Not about your personal test. Or right. if it was, I wouldn't have t- taken the job. I know. Okay, so, you know, I love, like, New Edition. Oh, my God. So how did you get that gig? Tell me about being on stage with, because they're like icons at this point, you know. We just oh, absolutely. New Edition, please, they shut it down. You know, um, every, every time, every time, you know, when Wolf Creek was open, are uh, still going strong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was at the concert. New, uh, New Edition had the biggest audience at the venue, period, when they uh, performed. So uh, they just shut it down. But how did that gig come about and how do you love playing with them? I know you do. Um, the gig came about uh, kind of weird. A um, friend of mine that I work with, with um, L.A. Um, uh, actually was part of Chucky Booker's band. And I met Derek. He was the drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Oregon, when we were getting ready to do the TLC tour. And um, Bobby Brown's drummer broke his wrist. And they mm-hmm. called in Derek to do, his, do the gig the day before. So we rehearsed across the hall Bobby. Mm-hmm. Every chance they get, Derek stick his head in the door. And um, he said, man, y'all killing over here. And, uh, we, you know, of course, Derek Oregon, you know, as musicians, you you, uh, you know, you have your favorites also. Right. So then we just became friends. And after that, we wound up doing a lot of things together, uh, television-wise and a few other things. But um, Derek was playing drums for New Edition, and they got they were getting ready to go to Japan. Mm-hmm. And Derek calls me. He says, "Hey man, you got a passport?" I said, "Yeah." Is it valid? I, yeah. Uh, you want to go to Japan? We're like, what do? New Edition. Said, yeah, why not? Okay. And uh, can we go? 
going in two weeks. I said, oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. He said, call this number, call Brooke. He'll get you everything that you need. Call Brooke. I said, I'm going to need your passport because it's last minute. We got to get this visa worked out. Mm-hmm. We go over. I've never met the guys before. I've never had a rehearsal. My first gig in Tokyo with New Edition was my rehearsal. You're kidding. Nope. Wow. Wish I was. When I tell you I was so doggone nervous. I know what, you were like, wish I was. Oh, my goodness. Woo. And um, that was it from that point on. You know, they they asked me to stay. Yeah. They liked what I was doing, and that worked out. Uh, you all like family at this point. Uh, yeah, uh, you know that's a lot of that's mm-hmm. a whole lot of time spent together. Mm-hmm. Good and bad, but you know, there's a lot of love. I respect those guys. To work Tell me about some of the bad. Just kidding. <laughs> oh no! Do you know what? Uh, I got, you know, I got, you know, everybody got those stories. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Uh, but we just don't, you know, there's no need for me to, what, what I sound like throwing shade at somebody. No, don't do that. For for 18 years of employment. Yeah. That's a retirement check. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and it's nothing that was so bad mm-hmm. that I couldn't, that anybody with any sense to right. walk away from. <laughs> Unscathed. Oh my God! I know. Okay. So and uh, they were they were just fantastic. I, I'm, honestly, I'm I must family. say, I, family. yeah, yeah. So okay, I'm not trying to step on nobody's toes, but what's been some of your favorite tours? Just be honest. Uh, honest. Oh, I have some favorites, and they have been phenomenal. Okay. One of my favorites. I have three. Okay. Kind of, sort of. Uh, and um, the first one was Goody Mob. Ooh, okay. Why? Why was that one of your favorites? I don't know. Just had but it was fun. so much fun. Oh, that's why. Every night. Oh, that's awesome. And the music was good. I did enjoy the music. I love Goody Mob. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't that hip-hop player, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giff pulled me to the side. He said, yo, yo, man, that, you know, you need to listen to the songs, man, because they ain't feeling right. I said, man, I'm I'm playing the records. Oh, uh, dog, I got the tape here. Go check this out. And had I probably been anybody else, I'd have probably, um, you know, I'd have probably been pissed off or, you know, my ego would have been bruised. But right. no, you know, as a pro, mm-hmm. it, obviously this, this is this man's material. Yeah. So obviously, I got to go back and take a listen to what he's talking about. As soon as I played the tape, I understood exactly what he was saying. Wow. That was the last time he ever had to speak to me about playing that show. Because I wanted it to be good, because I had so much fun playing it. Mm-hmm. And the band was smashing, I must say. So that was probably number one, my first favorite tour. I would have never, never next- thought you would say that, but keep going. That is, I, I, me neither. <laughs> I thought that was so interesting, and I still hold that as one of my highest points wow. in my career. Them cats laid it down every, every night. night, and they were having fun doing it. Man, yeah. it was it was off the chain. Yeah. I, I must say, I, we had a good time. That's awesome. Let's see who else. Uh, 
Now, my second one is tied with Goody Mob. Okay. And that was the thing that we did. We uh, called United We Funk. Tom Joyner. Tom Joyner. Yeah, yeah, but it existed before the Tom Joyner thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, who actually, all, it happened. Do you remember who happened. all the artists were? Yeah. Okay. It was, um, here's, here's how that whole thing started. It was um, Roger, SOS, Daz Band, Rick James. Woo-wee. Did I mention Daz Band? Daz yeah, Band, Barclays, and Confunction. Oh, my. That was supposed to be the lineup. Smoking. And I couldn't do it when they first started putting it together uh, because I was touring with Usher. Oh, wow. And I said, well, he said, no, don't worry about it. We do, you know, we take our time with this one. But anyway, he, we we moving on. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. That thing was off the chain. Unfortunately, at, the, at that same time, Roger was killed. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Roger died. Horrible. And uh, Rick James had the stroke, so we had it. They had him for the album, but he wasn't going to be torn because of the stroke. Right. And uh, let's see. Uh, I finished up the Usher. They pushed it back a little bit, so they started touring. And it was, uh, they needed a headliner, so they got Charlie Wilson. Hmm. And that's what brought about uh, Charlie's first solo deal with the label. Yeah. Yeah. And Wiley Morris was playing synth bass at the time with uh, the United We Funk Mm All-Stars. He wanted to get more into the production, which is um, he got into with Charlie. So that was cool. And they kept saying... uh, Raul from SOS, he said, man, you need to hear the cat. I've been trying to get y'all to you know, pay attention to. Y'all, y'all don't hear it. I promise you, you're going to hear this cat. So when I finally got a break in my schedule to do it, once again, one of those shows I never had a rehearsal for. Yeah. I'm about to hit the stage with all of my childhood heroes. And you never had a rehearsal? No. Uh, how did you get through that? I mean, sitting there listening to that tape, that's all I wanted to do was please my heroes. Right. But live is different from something that you hear on a recording. And I I was so nervous. I know, that's what I'm saying. I was so nervous. But one thing about that style of music, it's kind of free. And folks be doing solos. As long as you can hear the chord changes and hear them in the vamp or whatever, you can catch right in. So I'm sure that was a lot of fun. Man. When I tell you, you got two and a half hours straight of nonstop hits. Woo, I bet that was so much fun. Man, let me tell you, there's nothing uh, that would have kept anybody away from ever, you know, being in one place and listening to that show. We did did Tom Joyner's Cruise. Mm -hmm. Two and a half hours of nothing but hits from all of these acts. And uh, Michael Perrin from Charlie Wilson pulled me to the side. He said, man, when you get a chance, uh, Charlie, want to talk to you. I sh- that's Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie. <laughs> you better believe I'm going to be there. But uh, <laughs> uh, he said, man, when we get, we, when we're doing this thing, I'm working on this, uh, my solo uh, project. I'd like for you to be a part.
part of the band. I said, man, uh, give me the dates of rehearsal, and I'll start walking. I'll, be, I'll meet y'all then. Um, but that's how excited I was. I didn't care. Uh, but 22 musicians, pros, on stage at the same time. That's amazing. That's amazing. Because it wasn't like we, you know, somebody set up, played a show, and then they moved equipment. No, they just spun the hits after hit. Same band. Everybody joined in. It was amazing. When I say amazing, I, there's no other words to describe oh, that. No, that was amazing. I mean, good grief. I bet you were on a high for ever. I'm still, yeah, <laughs> exactly, because I'm still on that high. Forever, just thinking about it. It's making me excited. <laughs> and my third favorite tour is was my first major tour. That was TLC. Oh, man. Ooh, they were brand new on the market, and... We'd already uh, were planning on putting those songs in our own show. That was the band that me and Tommy had. Uh, and he was like, man, when, we, when they beat us to the club with the news that we got to get, we jumped around on beds and couches. And couldn't believe it. Aww. Happy to have that gig. That's so awesome. And when the girls, you know, because the girls chose us, they said, oh, this is it. Y'all are band. That's exactly how it is. That's awesome. uh, there's no other, we don't have to hear nothing else. We're good with you all. You got the took the whole band because they were just looking for a rhythm section. They took the whole band. That's perfect. We wound up, all of us being actually really pretty close. And, uh, I mean, we ate together. We find, you know, we had a, our band had a thing at the time called the Fishbowl. Mm -hmm. We were poor musician, of course. You know, everybody ain't just playing music and making a ton of money right away. Right. But anyway, we got we had a thing called Fishbowl. Every mistake at rehearsal when it was just us cost you a quarter. <laughs> On Wednesday was like Green Stamp Day, so that was double Fishbowl Day. <laughs> so it was fifty cents. <laughs> but, uh, mistake. When we got into rehearsal with the girls, they thought that was cool. They said, "Yep, we were back there with y'all." But uh, come tour time, we we're gonna raise that to five dollars per mistake. And on uh, on uh, Wednesday is double fishbowl day, ten bucks a mistake. I mean, it was so, they were so comfortable with it. They would come on stage and tell me, I had a fishbowl tonight. I had two, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. It made all of us better. Yeah. In order to striving for perfection and, and to be the best that you can. Yes. Every night. Every night. Couldn't beat it. Couldn't beat it. So that was my third favorite tour. So I've mm -hmm. had a lot since then, but. Those three still stand out to me. Still stand out as the top. That's awesome. Absolutely. Now, when you were growing up, going back just a little bit, who who did you uh, emulate? Who did you look up to? Who encouraged you to be a musician? Oh, my parents were musicians, so I didn't know nothing else. Oh, okay. What did your, your parents, were, okay, so what did they play? My father was a jazz organist. 
Ooh. And I grew up playing with my dad. Okay. From the age of uh, five. Yeah. Daddy would, you know, drag me out to the clubs or most times I really couldn't perform until the summer until I was out of school. Mm-hmm. And because I was so young, mom was like, no, you're not dragging my my boy through all the mail holes you be hanging out in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, holding chops, though. Uh, but, you know, uh, they never discouraged me, not one bit. It was really cool. Um, and that's where it came from. It's, there was music in my house all the time. I mean, all kinds. My dad was a huge Ray Charles fanatic. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff I grew up listening to. And I always knew I wanted to be a musician. That's that's just what drove me, shoot. Yeah. Was, okay, so um, do you still get inspired? If so, who who inspires you now? Um, you know, they're probably the same old cats that inspired me before. Uh, uh, let's see. And, you know, that's anybody that that plays, really. I can be inspired by anyone. But growing up, listening to a lot of jazz, yeah. you know how your parents had a they thing that they listened to. Yes. The kids come along, they had they thing they listened to. Mm-hmm. And um, so growing up in the jazz world, I, I switched over to Fusion. I love the Stanley Clarks and uh, oh, yeah. all of those guys that did the progressive stuff. So I gravitated toward uh, Chick Corea, uh, George Duke, uh, a lot of those cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeping my roots grounded in James Brown. Okay, got that funk. Got to have that funk. Please, let me tell you something. <laughs> I thought it was so amazing that one these cats can sit on one chord and you never get tired of hearing it. Never get tired. Never get tired. And I said, I'm, that's what I want to be because listen to that. I'm, I'm, you can't get tired of it. No. What are they doing so special that I can't get tired of this? Mm-hmm. And uh, that drove me. My favorite uh, thing growing up, I, I was a teenager in high school. And uh, Peebo Bryson was one of my favorite Oh, artists. he was mine, too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, had all his records. So, you know, you That's had the cool. records and, you know, find out who played on them. Oh, yes. Keyboard uh, <laughs> player was Vance Taylor. Vance so Taylor. I, I love Vance Taylor. <laughs> I love Vance uh, <laughs> Who I wound up, you know, definitely was, was definitely one of my heroes. But I got a chance to meet him. I'm like, this cat is killing these records. It's when I grew, uh, grew up to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm listening to bands with people, and uh, they doing their thing. I'm like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. I go to Pittsburgh to Stanley Theater to see people Bryce. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to meet one of my heroes, Vance Taylor. Vance Taylor. Couldn't tell me nothing. I played with Vance Taylor. He played well. It was Sam, Sonny, Vance. We did some of the things um, uh, uh, at the Moon Shadow. And I was sing, oh. singing uh, Stevie Nicks and everything. It was live, live, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, Sonny and uh, Sonny Emery, Derek Scott, those are the, Sonny Emery was the first musician I met when I moved to Atlanta. Wow. Sonny is a man. I came in and played on a project they were working on. Mm-hmm. The moment I pulled into the studio, 
because of the guy that owned the studio is how we got here. So we had to go by his house and pick up the keys to the house they found for us to rent when we moved. And that was the first cat I met. Still keep in touch with him. Yeah, so, yeah, Vance Taylor growing up when I was a teenager. Who else was there? Of course, my dad. You know, right. I really didn't. Yeah, I love to hear him play. But my dad really could play. He, mm-hmm. he, uh, he was very good. I'm gonna say that. But it didn't hit me until I was grown. Right. Really, how good that was. Mm-hmm. And uh. That kept me inspired and kept me going. That's awesome. Uh, you know, who else was there? I said, is, is anybody that played well that I got a chance to hear? Mm-hmm. And I said, I want people to notice me. We're the new kids on the block. The new kids on the block. And we're going to come in here. We're going to have to fight to get some of these gigs if we're going to survive. We just moved 800 miles from home. Yeah. So we hit the basement. And uh, one good thing I can say about it is that out of all of that, I've never auditioned for a gig. It's always been word of mouth. Word of mouth. Your reputation precedes you. And I understand why, because your record is impeccable. It's just your body of work speaks for itself. I mean, you are a master at what you do. And I am so honored that you take you you know you've taken time out to to talk to me because I have stood back and admired you and been inspired by you. So you know, well, thank you. I'm, thank I'm, you. And I'm and I'm being serious. Okay, so now what's the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten from a fellow musician or artist or somebody that you you know admired in the industry? Uh, that was something new every day. Somebody always has uh, nuggets of wisdom mm-hmm. to share. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, what would be that one thing? I think uh, the one thing that I can say is, uh, uh, and I mentioned it before, and it was the. Don't practice till you get it right. Practice till you can't get it wrong. Okay. And, um, that stuck with me so much. I'm like, wow. So like I said, yeah, I get sick of hearing the same thing I've been doing <laughs> for years and years. Mm-hmm. But that thing stuck with me so much and that I use it all the time. And uh because I've had people pull me to the side, well, I'm not hearing my record. That's because we was trying to make it better. I'm like, well, you you know, uh, what did, is what you done? Did that um, did that make the record sell any more copies? No. It's a good record from the Jump Street. All right, well, quit trying to make it better than the record. So you, Play the record, you can't be wrong. Yeah, so you know when to edit, when to stop. Because I've, oh, yes. I've seen people that just keep playing the same stuff, producing it over and over, adding more stuff, taking more stuff away, because they don't know how to hear it edited. I was talking to Victor Wooten the other night, and I was asking him about that. And he was like, I, I can't, you know, I can give you no advice on that. You know, because to me, sometimes I struggle with that in my mind, because 
uh, I hear a song that I'm working on, and when I listen to it after, you know, have had it, live with it for a month, I'm hearing something else, and I'm thinking, am I overthinking this? Is simple, simplicity the better way, or is it not enough on this track? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think think too much. About it. Yeah. Every I don't know an artist that doesn't overthink their own project because mm-hmm. you want because it's your legacy. Right. This lives on forever. Exactly. So yeah, I get it. Uh, but for me, I had to learn to you know just literally just walk away. Couldn't stop. Stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. You messed up the song. So most of the time when I'm doing something, especially for myself, I wind up going back to what I started with. What inspired the song? Right. The same mix uh, that I started with, uh, because it, you know, that was the energy of the song that made me want it, uh, to want to do more. No, my butt messed up and tried to do everything <laughs> I did need to do. So guess what? Oh Let's pull all of this down and start again, buddy. Uh. Feel tested on people you don't know. Because mm-hmm. if you go to somebody, you know, what do you think of this? Now you're soliciting a response from somebody that may not want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> that is funny, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but why, why not get somebody that's going to be honest with you yeah, about your work? Yeah. Uh, even after my gig, sometimes Tony, because uh, like I said, I'm just a side man at this point. Uh, so I walk out in the audience just to hear what their reaction like. We had some shows up in uh, Virginia this past weekend with SOS band. Mm-hmm. So after the show, I just walk around and want to hear what people's genuine thoughts are. They don't know who I am, mm-hmm. and they're just talking. And that's when you get, like, I would go to Piedmont Park after doing a song. Mm-hmm. Sit around in the park with my boondock, playing music. My music plays along in there with other people's music, you know, the stuff that's on the trash. Mm-hmm. And you just throw it in there. People walk in line, and they want to know who that is. Who's that? What song is that? I don't know, I'm just playing music. I said, you like that? And what you like about it? Blah, 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 you get there, and it's an unsolicited opinion. Yeah. You know, you you know, ask them, but they don't know it's you. Exactly. Or you know, so you get an honest answer. You said I stopped because I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that song. Who's that singing? And so and so and so. So you get honest opinions, and it kind of leads you to where you need to go. Yeah. Uh, of course, okay. you know what you want to do. I'm exactly. sure you know what you want to do. Exactly. Okay, one more artist because we almost at an hour because you know uh, we're the, I can just keep talking to you because first of all you have great stories, you know you you, be, you know I know you're editing things you have to because you know be politically correct and you're very professional <laughs> and everything and I appreciate that I respect that but it's still fun you know talking to you because you just got this wisdom that's why they call you the wizard <laughs> and, and your stories well, are good been, you with lot of huh. <laughs> I said, I've answered the worst name. But, you, know. <laughs> you know, you're funny. I just enjoyed this. I have really enjoyed this conversation. Okay, okay, tell me about playing with my girl, Tony Braxton. That's my girl. 
Love her. That was that was the next gig I got after uh, um, TLC. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Reed, L.A. Reed said, hey, we got a new artist come out. He said, where you guys? I said, are y'all based in town? I said, yeah. Um, I guess he had met Tommy already because Tommy had played on some session work mm-hmm. with a lot of the artists that, you know, that were on the face. Mm-hmm. He said, I got a new artist coming out. Can you put me in a band together? I said, yeah. So we did that, but then they pushed back her release date. And um, so we moved on to some other things, and I, we didn't think nothing of it. Okay, they moved the date. That's their prerogative. It's their label. Mm-hmm. Man, he called me back. He said, we're about ready to go. And you put me something together for Jay Leno or whatever the first television show did. It was Jay Leno. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, let's go. We, did, we had already done TLC on Arsenio when we were out on the tour. So, like I said, he knew of our work, so put me a band together. So it just kind of wound up being almost like a, a, a resident music director full of face artist. How does that make, you, that feel? How does that make huh? you feel a face saying, Wizzle, put me a band together? That is, that's freaking the Bob.com, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does, man, that, that thing is, you know, what, like I said, when somebody recognizes what you do mm-hmm. uh, and they call you, you're not, I haven't solicited any work right. from anybody. I mean, if you got a gig, let me know. Uh, I'm free. Yeah. Uh, when I got the gig, I met Dallas years ago. We were playing at a club, our band. And, uh, this guy, he came up to us after the set. He said, man, my brother got a band. And, they, man, he about to come bring his band out. And I think y'all are just what he's looking for. And I'm going, well, well, who's your brother? He said, uh, so come to producer, uh, Dallas Austin. I'm like, oh, tell Dallas Wizard said hello. He said, you're a wizard. He said, yeah. He said, my brother sent me out here to find you. Yeah, talking about fate being in the right place at the right time. Now God gonna get whatever, you, whatever you need. Yeah, God gonna make sure you get it. He sure will. That's why we love him and we praise him. Man, you better get somewhere and ask somebody because that's, that's how, how I live. live. I know that's how you live. That's how I live. Faith have a mustard seed, my brother. God yes, is so man. Yes. Yeah, man. Okay, so, so okay. On that note, what is the best piece of advice you can give an up and coming? Somebody that looks up to you that you don't even know, because you got a lot of them um, out there. Uh, and so I've noticed that's what that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I thank you all for that. Uh, best piece of advice, depending on what what you're doing, mm-hmm. and uh, why I say that is is that if you're an an artist like yourself, mm-hmm. and I could come up to you all day long, you know what, Tony? What you need to be doing is such such a thing. Mm-hmm. A, that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Never stray from who you are and who you know you are. You got that right. And trust me, in God's time, somebody gonna hear you. Mm-hmm. It never fails. Never fails. But it ain't gonna happen till it's time for it to happen. Right, so keep putting in the work. Yeah. 
else. God's time is not our time. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, we can go, that's a whole other subject. That's, talk about whole, our that's, goodness. that's going to be for the next conversation. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be more than happy to have it. I love too. this. Thank you so much, Wilson. You are thebomb.com. And Thank you uh, for asking. Yeah, this has been a great conversation for me. I feel inspired, okay? <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, for all my bank robbers out there, I'm going to need some money. <laughs> so, I hope I inspired you to put on a ski mask and go hit a couple of banks and drop me off my percentage. Yeah, and he's only kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, you have a you know you have a great sense of humor after all these years of being in this hardcore industry and still loving and uplifting God. I love it. You are the bomb dot com, and uh, thank you so much, Wizard, for this. And I will see you on the big stage. Yeah, you know it. And uh, keep me posted when you work, and I want to come see it. I will, and come hopefully Monday's day. Well, you just so busy. I don't know if you can pay, play on my little no, stage. You know what? <laughs> Before we go, real quick. What? And I tell you, tell everybody. Okay. I'm not that busy. I'm at home right now, all for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and what People you're doing think is I'm writing so charts. Busy because of my recipe. Yeah, you're recipe. writing charts and you're doing, you know, court arrangements, and horn arrangements for your next gig. <laughs> uh, that's okay. true. Uh huh. See, that's I know. True. I know the life of a musician, child. Okay. Well, call me. <laughs> I will. Call me. I will. I will. All right. All right. Thank you. Be good. You and too. God bless. God bless you too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with the great Wizard Jones. Don't forget to check out my music on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, wherever music is streamed and sold. Listen to Tony Red Radio on Pandora. And don't forget, a day without music is unnecessary. Thank you for listening. Oh,